0: Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name is Chad Norris here, lead pastor of the Garden Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina. I'm here with Edwin Stone. Hello. Prototypical Christian minister heading to the marketplace soon because you have a cup of coffee. When I came into the ministry, I had no idea that in ministry you have to drink coffee every morning.
1: I think it's having three teenagers and working full-time that makes me drink a lot of
0: coffee. When Wendy and I visited you and Andy, I don't remember you drinking coffee over there.
1: No. I i mean, to be honest, I still would rather drink tea when I first wake up in the morning. And I don't mean sweet tea or cold tea. I have never got into that idea. I mean, hot tea with milk.
0: Dave uh, you're, you're reading my mind. David Sisson took me to a British couple's house <laughs> about four years ago. And uh, we're getting to know them, and they said, Hey, do you want some hot tea? I was like, Yeah. And they said, You want some milk in it? And I said, Sure. I, you know, me, I, there's really nothing I don't like to eat or taste wise. I, I, I'm a seven on the Enneagram love food. It's the worst thing I've ever tasted. I'm serious. I'm, I am serious.
1: That's so funny because I feel like that about cold tea. You guys drink that all the time.
0: It was skim milk in hot tea. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I gagged on it. (laughs) But you're a coffee person now.
1: Well, I think I have tea and then I have coffee.
0: (laughs) Are you, uh, you make your own coffee, Starbucks? What are you, Dunkin' Donuts?
1: Oh, no, we make our own coffee. We still have that British stewardship mentality. I still struggle to pay $6 for a coffee, if I'm honest.
0: I get it. What is it like? What's the biggest thing cultural-wise of something like that that's been a shock to your system living here? size of vehicles
1: i think i think this i remember when we first got here the thing that really struck me was that you could literally do everything drive through here so we don't have the space for that in england so you can do drive through laundrette here you can do drive through bank you can do drive through chemist or pharmacy you can do drive through obviously food even school like you do the school pickup in a driving line that to me was like what on earth is this? Yep. Whereas we go and stand together as parents and wait for our kids <clears throat> and talk to one another, you know.
0: I, for me, whenever I visit, I've been over there. I don't know five or six times. Great Britain, tight spaces. Mm. But if you grow up with it, you don't know anything different. No. You come over here though, you feel like John Dutton on some Yellowstone ranch when you pull up to your house. It's yes. like space upon space upon space. It. I think it'd be harder to grow up in this culture and move over there. Yeah. I mean. And this is no offense at all, but yeah. when Wendy and I stayed with y'all, you had to have a game plan to go into the restroom, yeah, to get out. Well,
1: for those uh, for those American listeners, um, our house was built in 1926. Yeah, so it yep. was the way that you have a bigger house in England usually is not to yep. go and buy a bigger house because actually there isn't loads of options unless you're spending a huge amount more money so you you extend your house so that house was extended sideways and backwards twice in order for it to be big enough and it was still only 1800 square foot which in england was a biggish house Mm -hmm. here is a small house Uh,
0: without exaggeration it's the smallest bathroom i've ever been in (laughs) and the house was built for a 17 inch tall family (laughs) That weighed less than 50 pounds. And
1: also to the American listeners, there was one bathroom. So yes. we had a bathroom. They had one upstairs. Oh, no, we had their downstairs bathroom, but we mm-hmm. have someone living with us. So they use that all the time. And There's no shower upstairs. Oh, there was a shower in the bath. Yeah,
0: there was. Yeah. Okay.
1: But um, it's funny because then we moved into this house here that's 3,400 square foot. And I yep. remember the day that we moved and the kids were like, yep. wow, yep. like it's a castle. And now we have three teenagers and we have- well, we kind of share two bathrooms and it's carnage in the mornings, when I sat every on, morning. When
0: I sat on the toilet, both my hips touched the wall. <laughs> Let's jump into <laughs> a conversation on Grace and Truth. What is Grace and Truth? Because we have launched a brand yeah. for women, my wife being yeah. one, you, Zaina Green, yeah. Jessica Satterfield. What is Grace and Truth?
1: Grace and Truth is a tribe of women who uh, feel called cool to help women all around um, America and actually the world, because you know I'm a seed of the UK in this team. Yeah. Um, to f- to live wholehearted life with God. What does that mean? I think we, um, what I've noticed, especially in this culture, is that there is this uh, way of living which disconnects our hearts from our own selves, but also from God. And so what that means is there's lots of um, good behaviour. But there isn't real relationship, even with one another. And so our, our our heart isn't just that women get connected to God, but they actually learn how to be connected to each other. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women that have a lot of women wounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I didn't like women for a long time yeah and so um, it's been a healing journey in my own life to have people like i have in this team right now where there is so much grace there's so much fun there's so much joy on this project and you know this isn't just a show we really feel like it's an online discipling community and it's going to develop towards that um but we're producing content Uh, twice a week we're we're writing blogs we just want to really connect women with who the father is and who they are and we want to see women set free that's that's our heart
0: i love jesus for many reasons just like you i i do love how many buttons he pushed in jewish culture when he was on the earth Mm -hmm. so to go back in our minds to what it was like when the lord was on the earth which you haven't been to israel yet it is so wild and one to be there and be like that's nazareth like I asked you and I gave you my life, Lord Jesus, and you grew up there.
1: I can't wait to go.
0: Uh, oh, I talked to a friend yesterday. I
1: think we're supposed to go next year. Here's
0: yeah. what's crazy. This, we can talk about this later. The Lord showed me two days ago, we're going back sooner than I think. Yeah. And then Fote Mikhail texted me from Israel yesterday. No
1: way. Yeah, I, I think, was thinking about yeah, this last week. Yeah, that's so the, cool. you know,
0: I'm just not in the mood to get 17 booster shots and go over there. And I'm, I'm not, that's got to calm down. Yeah. And I think it has. Uh, one of the things the Lord did, he He so flipped culture when it came to women. So if you know anything about Jewish culture, Mm -hmm. this is so odd to say this because it's like, can I even say this? But it it was true. Women were seen about like dogs. Mm -hmm. Children were seen as dogs. So let's just talk about Jesus culturally. Yeah. After he resurrects, the first two people he talks to are women. Yeah. If you don't know anything about Jewish culture, that is so unlikely. We've heard it talked about so much, but the woman at the well story, even even the Lord's own disciples who had been with him at that time, probably 15 months-ish, they were like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So here's what the Father's been showing me. Woman is so powerful to this end-time move of God because everything is heading back to Eden, the original intent of yeah. what the Father wanted. Well, look at the role of woman from the very beginning. God's intention for a woman uh, it's not to be a dog and it's not to be hush, shut your mouth. Woman's very powerful, made in the image of God. But what's happened with this end time demonic agenda, which it's Ephesians 6, 12, it's not flesh and blood. There is, there has been a seed of radical feminism, which got planted. It's probably in the early 1900s. It has gotten to a place now where right now, even in current culture, what is a woman? You're seeing the, the, the devil rage at definition of woman, role of woman. I'm excited about you and the other three, you, Wendy, Jessica, zena having conversations about what is it to be a woman? What does the father expect of me? Who is he to me? Because there is so much warfare over the role of woman. Mm-hmm. You came from a very liberal place. Yes. And now you've entered America. I mean, it's not much different. You, you can see what's happening. What is it like to be stepping into this brand for Grace and Truth with all cultural thought around you is warring against definition of woman? Are you excited about it? Or are you more like, oh, my gosh, how do we do this?
1: I'm sober to it, but I think um, what I love about the four women in this team is that we've all gone on massive journeys of freedom. And so we're all strong leaders. We all, um, we all have teaching and preaching ministries. We all... Um, I mean, some people have led ministries completely. Um, I, I I just think Jesus came to bring, uh, a freedom to the oppressed. And the truth is that women have been oppressed for a long time. And unfortunately they've been oppressed by the church as well.
0: Especially where you live here in America. Have you picked up on that yet? Oh
1: yes. Yeah. And so I think, um, there's always, I think the gospel is always a paradox. And so for those who are, radical feminism is, an, is a reaction to oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. it's an overswing reaction, basically. Um, but the father made man and woman in his image. And so there is something about returning to the right the right place, the right balance, the right, you know, it's both that make the image of God, not one or the other. And I think I I feel excited about just representing what it means to be a woman who is free. I don't think um, we're going to have an argumentative conversation on grace and truth. We're not going to be debating things, but we're going to be representing who we are. And I think discipleship is about demonstrating who you are, and bringing other women in on that journey. I mean, that's what I've done with Jess and Zena. I've been discipling them for three years and the father highlighted them to me. I didn't know what our journey would look like, but it's been me being me and them following me as I follow the Lord, you know, and they've got more and more free and wholehearted in that journey. And that's what I want to see for women all over the place. Yeah.
0: You four have a great dynamic. You yeah. and Wendy are basically biological sisters, yeah. and you've discipled uh, Jessica and Zaina. And I, I do think that matters. I'm yeah. um, getting ready to come out with a book called Your Mess Can Be Your Message. And I, I, re- I heard Robin Roberts talk about that, and the more I've researched it, that saying's been around for a while. But when I heard it, I thought, man, that is that is so true. What I'm excited about for Grace and Truth is not just a uh, revelation, y'all are walking it, but your own stories. Mm-hmm. Why are uh, so many people afraid of their own mess? What, what it, why are we afraid to connect with God in our mess? Yeah. And then why are we afraid to partner with him to make our mess our message?
1: I think we feel a lot of shame about um, yeah. about our mess. And I think uh, Christian culture here in the Bible Belt reinforces that, unfortunately. I think there is this feeling of covering up, of, of having an image Uh, a mask that has to be what people see and wholeheartedness is about removing that mask and letting the father touch the deepest places of pain. I mean, we did um, a coach and Joe a few weeks ago with, with Amber about trauma. And I think it's, it's a very much a live conversation right now in culture that we need to be addressing the places that have, have brought trauma to us. Because if we don't, what happens is we actually get more and more disconnected from our lives and things are going on inside of us. Um, There's there's a strong thing in this culture of anesthetic. (laughs) Yep. You know, I think it's everywhere.
0: That's where hypergrace exploded. It's like uh, taking six Advils to get rid of pain.
1: Yeah, it's like make yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. But the truth is the only way you really feel better is for the Father to touch the deepest places of pain and mess in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael says all the time that um, pain um, that's redeemed produces you know transformation and it produces uh what is it that he says pain pain redeemed produces purpose that's it Mm -hmm. and i think we're just afraid of addressing things we're afraid of feeling things we're afraid of of people seeing us undone because we're not used to being in a community that's Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, allowing that and i think that's what's so exciting about here at the garden is that he's He's, produ- he's, he's produced a community that genuinely are standing with one another in the places of their pain.
0: You know, uh, I, I have great respect for the devil and the dominion of darkness. If I, because I believe early on Satan realized he couldn't defeat the church, and so they panicked, and uh, demonic realm developed a plan. They just joined the church, and so the early church looks very little like uh, church today. And so if if I'm saying, you know what I would do? He's done a really good job for 1,700 years. I would really attack uh, the idea of praying in tongues, speaking in tongues. And I would do whatever it took on my end if I was him to keep women silent. Mm-hmm. So you're in the Bible belt. Yeah. And a lot of people think I'm a nut job over the last seven years of being a lead pastor here for one reason, probably other reasons. We have had people leave this church that really like everything except the fact that that not only do I allow women to speak on stage as though I'm some tyrannical leader, I promote, empower, train, disciple.
1: Yeah.
0: You, you, me and you. I don't think we've ever had this conversation. You actually are recording right now in a city that that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. My wife is preaching. Uh, it sounds just makes you feel better to say teachings don't let her preach now my wife is preaching this coming sunday morning at the garden greenville
1: yeah and she's an awesome preacher
0: better than i am prettier than i am that's so here's here's what i'm saying i, I think i have a word for you mm-hmm. don't take it personal
1: mm-hmm.
0: when the onslaught of criticism comes you know obviously i hate the devil but i respect him mm-hmm. you have to was it the book of Jude? They don't even argue over the body of Moses. Like, M- Michael didn't even rebuke the devil. Like, there's got to be a sobriety. I'm Here's what is going to happen. God's hand is going to be on you for. Just don't take it personal.
1: Yeah. I, I think what I've realized, whenever you walk the middle line, the, the paradox line, whenever you walk the place of um, balance in the kingdom, you get attacked on both sides. So I already know that the way that we are going to live as the Grace and Truth team, we're going to have we're going to have those who are against women in leadership, and we're going to have those who are radical feminists. But that's that's okay because yep. that that's what happens when you walk in a middle a middle ground. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're not here to tickle everyone's ears. We're here to see women set free
0: the devil is just roaring right now to take people's voices away what's the worst that can happen uh you have some ugly things said about you yeah i tell you what the father took me through a season to where it's like uh eh, i stand before him at the judgment seat yeah. it i guess what i'm trying to say is you can win a lot of battles in the kingdom when you just have a proper perspective yes and here's the perspective the devil hates the father and the devil hates the father's closest friends So why – I'm speaking as much to myself – why do we take it personal when he does the predictable stuff? Remember in Nehemiah, they're rebuilding the wall. They have Mm -hmm. a vision from God. Yeah. It's Sanballat and the other two. They will not shut up. Mm -hmm. They will not shut up.
1: And the way that they try and uh, – their tactic is to intimidate them from stepping away from the wall.
0: Well, God has really delivered you of that. Oh, yeah. What's that been like for you?
1: Um, It's actually been – Instead of being caught up in, I mean, I've always been a strong discerner, so I've known stuff is going on in the spirit. But in the past, I would have shrunk back when I sensed that. Whereas in the last two years, what I've learned to do is continue to walk in obedience to what the fathers said. And sometimes that doesn't mean the feelings go away of intimidation. It's more like feel the feel the thing and still keep walking, just keep walking. And I mean, I had a situation even 10 days ago where I felt so much intimidation and I knew that I had a choice right there in front of me to either step back and hide, which is what my flesh wants to do or to actually attack it and step in. And for some people, this wouldn't have been a big deal at all, but for me it was. And so he's just taught me to just keep walking towards it and not allow it to um, silence my voice. Because for me, my whole life, the way that intimidation has worked is it silenced my voice. And I think, My voice is powerful, and he's given me things to say. And I'm still learning that that's the truth. I know it's true in my head, but my heart's still learning to believe that. But the more that I step towards it, the more uh, authority I have.
0: 18 times in the New Testament. That's a lot. New Testament's not long. Let it be done to you as you have believed, out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, our Master, our Savior, our Hero. There is a lot more in our hands than we like to think. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've seen someone physically healed when I never talked to the Father about that person? I I grew up, I I, I was headed down a a five-point Calvinist reformed path. This is always the part of the conversation with my reformed brothers and sisters in Christ that the conversation stops because I have testimonies of healing by the droves, and they don't. Here's my point. Remember when Jesus cursed a fig tree? Yes. He exercised his authority. Yeah. Remember what he says to Simon Peter when Simon says, is that you Is that you on the water? Yes. If it's you, tell me to come. Okay, come. What I'm saying is this. Ephesians 2.8, grace, you're saved through faith. Faith matters. It does. Uh, faith matters. We, we don't talk as enough about faith. Here's what I hear you saying. This is what I'm saying to what you're saying. If you don't open your mouth, it's not on Abba's end. Yeah. It's on your end at this point.
1: Absolutely. And faith, I mean, the Greek faith is pisteo. It means to step out upon. It isn't I'm thinking thoughts or I'm believing thoughts. It's belief actually looks like something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to say that I have faith Mm -hmm. in what he's spoken over Mm -hmm. me means I have to step into it. Start up right now. I have to step into it, you know, mm-hmm. and when I've called you to be a writer, then I have to write. Mm-hmm. And even if the enemy would like to say to me, Oh, you're not really that good. Mm-hmm. You know, look at your Grammarly score. <laughs> I have to step in. I mm-hmm. have to do it. I have to keep going. You know, um, you can be preaching in a room and you can, I mean, I've had this happen so many times. You can, I can feel the resistance in the room. Mm-hmm. I can feel it in as the a spirit. woman. You can, yes, Yeah. And even, I mean, I'm getting ready to preach at Fire in the Carolinas and I know the message that he's given me is not a, it's not a a nice fluffy message. You know, it's a, it's a bend me Lord. It's, it's like, do what you want to do in me, including me giving up everything I've ever known of the model of church.
0: I'm laughing. I'm laughing because last time y'all recorded an episode when I was here, I yelled down the hall. The father told me what to tell you. And I said, get bigger. Yeah. I, why? Oh man, we don't have time to go into it. What? What are we afraid of? Why are we so? You know what? Corey Reed gave me a word last night. He texted mm-hmm. me. He said, "You're gonna you're gonna teach more and more on on the misconceptions of what humility is, and you're gonna come against false humility." Mm-hmm. The devil. Oh my goodness. He, he. Yes, Philippians two is true, and Jesus became the least of the least, but he also. He performed so many acts of power. There's not enough books in the world to write on him. It's something, it's it's a wrong introspection. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just, I am just hope you're happy with me, God. And God's going, oh my goodness, my kids don't know what happened at Calvary. I gave you a message. I gave you a voice. I gave you a 20 years heads up on what's about to happen. Speak. Mm-hmm. Sean Ball said uh, a couple of years ago, I love this. He goes, it, uh, if God's giving you bright light, you probably don't want to cover it up. Okay, if people want to watch Grace and Truth, yep. join the tribe. I love it when you say tribe. Yeah. Makes me want to like Braveheart something. <laughs> uh, how do they join the tribe of Grace and Truth? When do shows come out? How does it work? What are we doing?
1: Okay, so um, go on social media. So on Instagram and Facebook, it's at uh, Grace and Truth Tribe. Um, we... Um, we'll be releasing two episodes a week on YouTube. So subscribe to our channel. You'll get all the notifications that come through on that. Our episodes are going to be released on Wednesdays and Saturdays. We're going to have lots of conversation through the week as well. And we're currently planning a grace and truth retreat in the fall, which you didn't know when you prophesied the other night about us having gatherings. I I was getting prophesied again. Where is it at? It's going to be here at the garden. um, But we, we are really excited about our, a whole weekend's retreat for women that's going to happen. That's
0: going to be fun. I was literally about to end the show. Yeah. And I saw a gathering coming. So that's going to be in the fall. Yes. For women only.
1: For women only. Yeah.
0: Grace and truth. Well, this is exciting. Uh, spread the word about Coach and Joe. Coach and Joe is just a, a podcast intended to help leaders grow in the marketplace and also in uh, church leadership, wherever you are around the world, whenever God's called you to lead. I bless you that you'd walk in a uh, deep friendship with the Father and swing the sword of what he's given you. Be at peace.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.